Alrighty, Chevra. Thank you so, so much for joining. To everybody who is with us today, to those who are going to be listening to the recording, if you're tuning in on Zoom or on Facebook, wherever you are, all around the world, we're together. So thank you so much for joining. Let's jump right in. We have a ton to do. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, Baruch Hashem, we enjoyed a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos in Svat. And we were Zoha to be a Meron yesterday as well. Definitely had all the Chevra in mind. And um, let's, try to, let's try to tap into a little bit of that spirit together. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. And if you remember last week, we, we left off with a couple of sources that I wanted to still get to. So we're going to try to do that first, and then we're going to jump into the second source, which is uh, going to take us for sure into next week. I mean, it's one of the foundational, foundational teachings. So let's go la'at la'at in order, slowly but surely, all with the help of the Master of the World, L'Shem Yichud, Kuchibrichu Shchinte, and let us begin. So a quick refresher on Sichas around Mem Zayin before we get into Mem Ches. Um, we were talking, not going to read the whole thing inside, but we were talking, if you remember, about the importance of being the Yashiv ourselves. We spoke about the concept of Yishva Das. We spoke about what a merit it is to be able to find some time every day Consciously, not because you happen to, you know, just start to speak to, to, to something or somebody out there or express your frustration, but consciously set time aside to connect to our Kaddish Baruch Hu in our own words. We spoke about the incredible merit that we have and how few people in the world, forget about people in the world, even religious people, even people in our communities, how often time can quickly pass by without setting aside any time at all to focus mamish on this incredible endeavor of speaking to Hashem to settle ourselves. We spoke about Yishavadas, to really think about the big picture questions. This was in tandem with a teaching that we had learned in the beginning of last week's shir, where we spoke about the importance of machshava and how if we have a healthy, strong foundation of machshava of intellect, then we can set the course right for the rest of the journey. We spoke about that. So Yishavadas, Yishavadas. And about how it's so important to really focus on all matters relating to our lives and to think about them clearly and to achieve clarity in them. And so here I want to take a look at this teaching from Reb Nassim in Lekutei Allah Chazbir Chazashachar Hey. And the Tzaddik says like this, let's learn this teaching together all of us here at the Rishmaya. Says Reb Nassim, Ki zei yaduat and la understood to all. That this world is nothing, it's really nothing at all. Hevel havalim like Shlomo HaMelech. King Solomon, the wisest of men, declares Hevel Havalim, Hakol Hevel, Ein Boy Mamish. This world doesn't have anything essential about it. Like Shlomo Melch begins to say for Kahalas, Hevel Havalim, Hakol Hevel. Vanity of vanities, everything is vain. And he says it again, Hevel Havalim. And this, of course, was coming from an individual who had experienced all of the pleasures of this world and so many nice things and every kind of sensation. And Shlomo HaMelech, after experiencing all of that, says, Hevel Havalim. It's a waste. Hakol Hevel V'chein David Amar. And of course, David, his father, similarly declares in Tehillim, Adam Lahevel Dama. Man is compared to Hevel. Hevel means vanity. It could also mean this kind of mist 
something ethereal, something that's gone before it's here. Yom of Ketzel Oiver, and his days are like a passing shadow. And the Medrash commenting on this Pasuk says this incredible thing, David HaMelech wasn't only speaking about, and wasn't speaking about the shadow of a tree, that would be quick enough. If our lives were compared to the shadow of a tree that, are, that, that goes and passes with the sunset, or with the sunrise that's quickly moving as the day as the day passes, but says the Medrash even beyond that, no, not like the cell of a decal of a tree, elakitzel shall oifapireach, but the shadow of a of a passing bird. That's what life is. And that's what all of these experiences are and how much we invest in this worldly experiences in gaining and trying to amass and ultimately Avalavalim Hakol. Hevel, v'chein bo kol chachme emes, all the mekubalim came. Anytime you see chachme emes, it's really a remes to the mekubalim, whose Torah is called Torah's emes, specifically it's the Torah of emes. And they're called chachme emes. V'tzay akim inyin zebekam avakam alashoynes. Who was better equipped than these mekubalim, who primarily spent their time, even though they lived physically in this world, but they spent their time in the, in the worlds beyond. And they spent their time contemplating the spiritual realm and how many different ways they tried to communicate this to us all the way down the tradition from Rabbi Kiva to the Zara Kaddish and the Ariya Kaddish, all the Mekubalim of that time. It was Kevra, I was just Zohar to be at in Svat. All the way down through the later Tzaddik and the Achroinim and the, and the, and the Hasidic Masters and, and the Mekubalim of the, of the Lithuanian tradition. All the Chachme Emes came with say Akim Inyan Zem, the Musr Tzaddikim, Bekam of Akam Alashonis in Mispar. Ve'afidu kol Chachme Umas Ha'olam. And it's not just us. Anybody with half a brain in his head will come to understand that at a certain point along this journey of life, even in the Chachme Umas, even in the nations of the world, they'll be the first to admit as well that they admit to this all. We see it with our eyes. That our days are hevel. It's like this mist. Again, it's the passing shadow, not of a wall or of a tree, but of a passing bird. It's fleeting. And it's not so nice to say. Again, you know, Breslov is very, very tachless oriented, not for the faint of heart. But Rav gives it to us. He says, let's be honest, we die a little bit every day. There's a little bit of death. That's latent within every passing moment. Because every moment that we live is a moment we'll never live again. And every hour that we're experiencing is an hour that's passing and won't be able to be retrieved. As tell us, the day of death really begins the day that you're born. In the sense that it's a, it's a, it's a time, it's a stopwatch, right? And it's, and it's ticking downward. It's a timer and it's going down to zero. And it begins from the moment that we're born. And that's what we spoke about previously. Each one of us has a death sentence. And I bless us all that we should live till 120 respectively, each and every one of us. But no matter when we were born, Every single moment that passes is a moment closer and closer and closer to the point where we're going to come face to face with the reality of what we were supposed to have been achieving in this world. Because this world, as Chazal so clearly expressed, is not the ulam, is not the hall, it is only a prazdar, it is only the channel, it is only the hallway. And we're supposed to be achieving something. This world is a means toward an end, and the end toward which it is a means far transcends any experiences of this worldliness. It's just a means. 
And if we're lucky, and this is what the tzaddikim tried to give us, as we come minutes, minutes closer, closer to Mashiach, all of us should really live forever. We'll live till the, to see the coming of Mashiach Tzadkenu. And we're experiencing it even now, slowly, slowly, but surely, Mashiach is not going to come one day and change everything like flicking a light switch. As we always say, it's a process, kima, kima, slowly, but surely. But the tzaddikim that we're trying to, quote unquote, make an early Shabbos and bring us into the consciousness of Mashiach before the day of, of, of Shabbos, the great Shabbos to come actually settles upon our creation, they try to enable us to engage with the means in such a way that the means that we are engaging with could become a little bit of an interface to allow us to taste that great tachlis even in the moment and to slowly but surely utilize all the mitzvos, not simply as some kind of tool so that we can amass olam abba some other time, but as Chazal, as, as Chazal say and as the tzaddikim interpret, schar mitzvah, mitzvah. It's the mitzvah itself. There's paradise in this action. There's paradise in this moment, in this experience. If we're conscious, Shivisi Hashem Lenegi Samit is itself the level of Umala Eretz Deyas Hashem Kamayim Liamachasim. One is subjective, one is objective, but we can break out. We can break out in and of our own experiences. I was trying to set up a meeting with somebody to speak with him about something next week. So I asked him, Are you in Eretz Yisrael or are you in Chutzlaretz? So he responded, He said, I'm still in Gullus. So I said, Gullus is a state of mind. Because it truly, truly is. Gullus is a state of mind. And the whole Indian of the tzaddikim was trying to give us a state of mind and to develop a level of consciousness that can go through all of the seemingly mundane experiences and gift them and saturate them and permeate them with value, not only in as much as they're seen as a hallway to the great hall, but that those moments themselves become vessels those moments themselves become the framework so that we can experience the great day to come even in this world itself. And that's an important perspective. But I'll call upon him. Every single moment is another moment that's ticking closer and closer and closer to the tachlis of k'mavur mizeh b'svarim harbeh as the tzaddikim speak about in the svarim achaf al-pik and adai and adai in tzrichim l'dabar b'zeh harbeh It seems so simple and it's a mission in Pirkei Abbas and it's the sum total of everything we speak about da'alif ne'mi ata'asalitin din v'cheshbin and these are basics of Yiddishkeit but sometimes it's the most basic things that as Chazal say in their lush and tzrichim chizuk need chizuk all the time and we need to remind ourselves of this not only once a month once a year would be good enough for many many people once a day at least once a day and at least for however much time we're able to contribute if it could be an hour a day we're all working on trying to find that time but this is the element of not allowing ourselves to go through this world on autopilot not allowing ourselves to be like that character from the computer game, like I mentioned last week, Sim City, who gets dropped into the amusement park and without asking one question makes a beeline to the roller coaster without allowing his or herself to really start to contemplate what, what's this whole thing about? What are we trying to do? What are we here for? Every day, says Rav Nasser, we need to speak about this a lot. And remind ourselves all the time, in Breslov this was called the Tachlis. In Breslov all the time to speak about what's the Tachlis, Tachlis, Tachlis. Not just with ourselves in the context of Espodidus, in relation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but with our friends, what the Breslovers used to call Sichas Chaveirim, simply to get together and to have a shmuz. 
sometimes when I'm not able to make it into yeshiva, mevaseret, if I'm traveling or I'm not able to make it to, to, to come in, I don't give a free period, nor do I send in a shir. I say, chavra, sichas chaverim. And they get together, and these teenagers sit around, they're not schmoozing stam, they talk about life. They talk about life, the tachlis. How many conversations do we have that are tachlis oriented? Not just, oh, can you send me that recipe for this thing? And, you know, uh, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, get, get this test and uh, this corona thing? And just conversations, pitpute dvarim, but to really sit and have a heart-to-heart conversation, not even about what's going on in our lives, that's deep enough. And it's necessary enough to have friends that we could really speak with on a deep level, but to speak about that which concerns us both equally. And to sit and to hold space between us for the reminder and for the recognition of what this thing is called life, the tachlis. We need to remind ourselves all the time by ourselves and espodudos and with our friends, hamakshivim lekoyle, who are listening to our voice. Chazal say, right? Ha'olam nasan belibam, that this concealment, nasan belibam, was in their hearts. That, well, that's what it means on a literal level. It's talking about this concealment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it so that our hearts should be filled with concealment. For the purpose of having free choice that we're not able to maintain perfect recognition and realization of this. Each and every moment. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the Satan power, and this is his primary power, to be Mesameinayim. We refer to the Satan as the Samachmem. Samachmem, right? Samachmem. And all the tzaddikim say that it's a lashon of mesame enayim, to blind the eyes. To blind the eyes. This is the satan's whole power. To cause us to forget. To cause the truth to become concealed. Very nice. The satan has power. He's very strong. But the truth will prevail. Svas emes tikom la'ad va'ada riga lashen sheker. Argiya lashen sheker. Svas emes tikom la'ad. Truth is stronger. But we need to open up our hearts to the truth. Shekol misha roitza lehistakala tachlisa yanitzchi ve'emes la'amitai. Spend some time every day focusing on the tachlis. Speak about it with friends. And you'll see that the satan doesn't have a chance. It'll try. But against a person that's so consciously plugged into the truth, satan doesn't have any power. The satan's not going to be able to get in the way and to try to give off the impression to us that this world is something because it will be clear to us that the life that most people are living is not a chayim nitzchi, it's not a chayim amiti. It's the outside of the outside of the outside and it's pushed a waste of time. Because it's all a time management game. Because it's all about prioritization because there's only so much we can do with the time that we have. And that's a curse but it's also a gift because it forces the conscious person to need to analyze and to assess what am I, what am I doing? What do I talk about? 
What kind of WhatsApp chats am I on? What, how do I spend my, we spoke about social media. How do I spend my time? What are my conversations about? And realize that at the end of the day, nothing's left from all of this that we spend so much time trying to attain and amass and gain so that this one will see and the neighbor will look and this one will find it impressive. And at the end of the day, it's like Chazal say, and they knew it better than us. They understood what it is to be a human being. It'll never stop. It's a total dimyon. It's a total dimyon. And it's a waste. And it's a nebuch. Because people spend decades upon decades. And then they come to a certain point where they look back on their life. And they say, whoa. What a waste. And all of us know this. This is basic musr. Basic, basic. But it needs reminding. It needs reminding. And Rabbi Nachman wanted his spodidus every day. So that we can remind ourselves. And emerge, like Rabbi Nachman told us. Coming back to society, if we're able to go out to the forest, go out to the feld, go out to nature, coming back and seeing the world <coughs> with, an, with a new perspective, like Olam Chadash. Why is it an Olam Chadash? What changed? What did we accomplish? Tfil accomplishes a lot, but it's an Olam Chadash because we're able to come back to our lives and all the mundane experiences and facets of our existence with this clarity about the Tachlis that enables us to simply skip over so much of the frustration and anxiety and, and small kleinekaiten that simply can be skipped over easily without even having to work on it because it's not an Indian. And a person's able to avoid so many of the pitfalls and frustrations and disappointments that are completely and entirely germane and, and, and natural to a mundane, this worldly experience because this world is a world of lack. It's a world of sheker. And we can connect ourselves to the Chaimer and we'll never be fulfilled. But if we connect ourselves to the Tzura, and if we're Bendame Tzura, Liyotzra, and we can find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything, and we can make sure that we're not holding on to the Kli, but we're creating Kalim that will accommodate the Ur that those, that the, that, that creation of Kalim will channel down, which is Mitzvah Samaisim Toivim, which is the Dalad Amos of Halacha, that the creation of a Kli for that purpose will itself trigger the R that will fill that Kli, then we can be Zoha to taste the Ulam and the Traklin even while we're still in the Prazdar. But it needs reminding. It needs reminding. The only purpose of life is a purpose that spend that is a is is a person that spends his or her time focused on the tachlis hanitzchi. And by the way, that doesn't mean to be super intense every minute. You know, mamish. It means it means to enjoy life also. Kadosh Baruch Hu wants that we should be normal, healthy human beings with the entire spectrum. And there are numerous maimari chazal that support that. Right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be ascetics. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live a normal human life. That's the beauty of the Yiddish Kaita. Rabbi Nachman refers to in Torah Yud, which I was able to learn with somebody earlier today. The Yiddish Kaita bias. Avram called it a har, a big mountain he had to climb up. Yitzchak called it a field far away. Yaakov says, no, Yiddish Kaita is a bias. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that we should live but when we have this general machshava, we spoke about machshava last week, when we have this general thought process, then all of those experiences themselves become completely saturated with, with light. 
and with focus and consciousness, we can bring Hashem into it. Which is to go ahead and to do the Ratzon Hashem. Yalkein therefore, It was very simple to them. It wasn't that they removed themselves from all their taivas and then they were zoicha to very big heights. No. It went in tandem one with the other. The more they grew in their hasaga, and the more they reflected in Espodidus, like the Bashem HaKadosh, for 36 years out of his life, before he revealed himself, he just spent days and days in the forest. Rabbi Nachman walking all throughout the mountains, all around the surrounding towns where he was living in Ukraine. Memela, they understood that Taivas are klum. Klum. And it took effort because they were human beings. We're going to learn about that in Memchas, in 48. That's the next piece we're going to learn together in Sichas It took work. But it was much easier when they saw it not as something that was restrictive and they had to do it, but Nebuch, what could they do? It's something they really want to do, but God says no, and they felt guilty about it. It wasn't that whole Indian. They completely avoided that whole approach, and it became the most obvious, clear thing that was delicious to them. This sacrifice on behalf of the Emes, on behalf of Yafesha Achas, Tayyamaisim, Tayyamba, Alamazem, Nikolchai, Alamaba, on behalf of Ashrechaba, Alamazem, the Tayyamlach, Alamaba. On behalf of that, it was, it was a joy, it was a privilege. It was a privilege. And they, they were hurting more if they slipped back into their humanity than they could ever hurt God. That was the Gehenna in and of itself. This was the Tzadikim. This is how they lived. It was a completely different perspective. They realized that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not trying to hurt us and giving us restrictions. Show with him now. Kaddish Baruch Hu is enabling us to jump over so much bitterness. Bitterness. Mirirus. Simply bitterness. In the context of what goes into it, what ultimately at the end of the day is going to come out of so much of this terrible, terrible kind of wandering throughout the impulse, impulses and compulsions that we feel as human beings, we can avoid all of that. Mamash avoid it. And so they knew. <laughs> and he says, not just those extra things. They focused, okay, it's very high madrigas. Every person has to know for themselves. But even in those things that were mutter, they focused on what am I eating look like, right? And what do I really need and what don't I need? And they made cheshbonus like this and they lived. Not because they were super frum and intense, but because they realized this is counterintuitively how you make kalim for the true pleasure, for the true R. This is the secret. Even the needed things, if they had to do it, they were able to do it in Kedusha and Tara and it became infinitely more than the experience ever would have afforded them had they not been engaged in such a deep clarity. And these are madrigas, but a person at least has to know they exist so that we can know what we're striving for step by step with patience hamte. This is how the tzaddikim climbed step to step, higher and higher. But like Kribnasan says, it needs constant reminding. Not just once a year, not just once a month, every day. It seems like the most obvious thing. It's the simplest thing. Okay, every, every school child knows this. They know it. 
Like the Bredishavar said, when he came back from the Magad of Mizrich and he came to his father-in-law's house and his father-in-law who wasn't happy that he went to learn there, it's a whole nice uh, Sipur, he asked him, no, what'd you learn by the Magad? And he said, I learned that there's one God in the world. I know that there's a creator. And his father-in-law said, big deal, you know there's a creator, everybody knows there's a creator, come. There was a, some maidservant or some, some, some kind of avid, I don't know, his father was very wealthy, father-in-law, was extremely, extremely wealthy, hanging around the house. And he says, look, you know, everybody knows. He says, hey, do you, you know, do you know that there's, uh, there's one God in the world? He said, of course I know. And the Bredichiver says, he says it, but I know it. And that's, that's the Magadim, that's what Hasidus is. Everybody says it. Breast lovers know it. Right? Hasidim know it. And the, and the breast lovers specifically, it's very easy to rattle these things off and to say them, but to really sit with them and to allow them to come down to the point that they begin to, it begins to transform us, that's a different madrega. That's what Rabbi Nachman wanted. The ikras no chachma, a person knows the whole kutumran, say it backwards and forwards, big pilpulim, it's beautiful. But the question is, after you learned, like the Torah that I was learning this morning, after you learned that dancing and clapping makes hamtakas hadinim, and you learned the Pnimius of what dancing is and what clapping is, what yadayim are, what raglayim are, what bitl anavit, what what bitl is and what 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 connection to tzaddikim is and what ruach is v'chule v'chule. It's very nice you know it. Can you can you actually dance and clap a little bit? <laughs> like you know, can you actually bring yourself to dance and clap? Because that's what Ibn Achman meant. He wants us to know all the depth also, but he wants us to know that. Following the eights is the is the is the is the ikker, and so to really know the tachlis, hispodus. That's the ikker. I'm going to skip over the next piece. I want that the chaver should see it themselves. I'm going to send out the source sheets, um, but I I really want with the next half hour to really do, delve into mem memches. This is an important nikuda that speaks about the the, uh, the 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 common experience of people that are what's called nitzruch labrios that depend on other people. For their own validation, depend on other people's opinions, it depends on other people's perspective of them. Rabbi Nachman says what kind of terrible, terrible place this is to live in and how we need to break out of that. So because this connects to the last line that we had learned, that Rabbi Nachman told him, you want COVID, you're not even going to be able to say benching properly because you're going to be thinking who's watching me and, you know, and, and making sure that you're doing it so that people can, and that's called Nitzrach Labrius. Rabbi Nachman addresses that in Torah. Uh, so, if you can, you can see that on your own time. Let's delve into Sichas Ran Memches Besiat Rishmaya. Sipar Harbe, Rabbi Nachman told a lot. And he used to speak about Rabbi Nachman would speak a lot about the incredible year, the incredible awe. And holiness, that he achieved as a young child. Rabbi Nachman, like other, other tzaddikim, Rabbi Nachman perhaps more so, spoke very, very much about himself. And the reason why he did this is because so many of the core foundational teachings that Rabbi Nachman later would speak about. And he would speak about, for example, Ispodidus. And he would speak about, like we're going to learn now, starting over and over again. And he would speak about so many different hanhagos that he wanted to give over to his chassidim. These weren't the, uh, or it, this wasn't the, you know, the, the classic model of a person who's, you know, preaching but not practicing what he's preaching and this was just needed for his students. No, these were the pieces of advice that brought Rabbi Nachman to the level that he reached. And these were hard-fought battles as a child, as Rabbi Nachman was going through all the experiences that he had 
as a young boy growing up in the, in the house of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh in Mezhbuz, and later in the house of his, of, of his, of his um, stepmother, I believe there was a stepmother who didn't take kindly to him and make all kinds of tsars for Rabbi Nachman. As he was trying to find his own path, which is a very unique path in the language of the story of the lost princess, the Shvil Manatzad, Rabbi Nachman Shvil Manatzad, his personal path, so Rabbi Nachman went through much and he needed to discover all kinds of different strategies that he then spent the rest of his short life sharing with the world. And so here Rabbi Nachman was speaking about the incredible awe, the incredible Kedusha, the holiness that he had as a child. He was Zariz, he was quick. Everything he did was super, super fast, filled with alacrity. And I gave a shear on this a while ago in the beginning of Corona, before I think that original Pesach it was like two years ago now something like that two and a half years ago the Indian of the Indian of Zrizis and how Zrizis is connected to Simcha to Simcha to joy because if a person is not the Simcha a person can't be filled with alacrity you don't do things quickly everything's sluggish and slow and we spoke a great deal about Marash Chayra and about Atzvus which is bound up to the concept of holiness as opposed to a, a Shviras Lev which we spoke a great deal about how that's filled with hope and that's filled with with, with spirit and vitality, Rabbi Nachman was filled with hope. Rabbi Nachman was filled with joy. Even though he grew up in a, in a, in a time in Jewish history that was steps away from the Gzeris Tachvatat and, 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 and a very miserable standing that the Jews had in that society and in that time and at that place. I'm not sure if we you know, had to experience a week of that, we would be able to get by, certainly not with a smile on our faces, without running water and without, you know, without all of the things that we take so much for granted today. Didn't have any of that back then. Life was challenging. Life, life was tough. Rabbi Nachman managed to foster joy, and this enabled him to be a zariz, the kaddish ma'od, and achieve incredible purity. Va'amar and Rabbi Nachman said that while he was on the journey to achieve this zrizos and to achieve this kedusha, shayim maskel kam pa'amim biyoyim echad. Rabbi Nachman would start many times in the span of a single day. Hainu. He would start to be an ish kosher, a good, good Jew, just a simple good Jew, no big mandragas, simple good Jew. Okay, starting fresh. Like Rav Nachman says on the Kutumran, what was, was, starting fresh, starting now. But then in the span of a couple of minutes, in the span of, of an hour or two, he would fall from this madrig and he wasn't able to hold on to it with all the earnestness and all the excitement that was involved in that new beginning. And he would fall into on his level what Taibis were, even as a young child, five, six, seven, at six years old already, just to give you a conception, Rabbi Nachman was not chewing his food so that he wouldn't have any enjoyment from the taste. Rabbi Nachman would take a piece of food, break it up into a, into a bite size, and shove it right down his throat, and, and then sort of move his throat around so it would go down and get digested and processed that way. And his mother was, of course, Fega, Maras Fega, Fega the prophetess, they would call her Fega la Nevia. So she, she, would, she, she was very upset with this and she you know, felt that he was endangering himself and you know, like a good Jewish mother was, uh, was down his back. I think this time very justified for that. But Ibn Achman was eating in such a way, he was trying to achieve very lofty levels. He would fall back into this. And he didn't wait till tomorrow like so many of us do. And he didn't wait till next week like even more of us do. Or till the next Rosh Chodesh. Or till the next... Rabbi Nachman said, okay, I'm starting from scratch. Right now. 
And he would begin again. Again, with all of the hope and all the zrizos and the alacrity and the excitement that's involved in a new beginning, he never allowed it to become old. And then he would fall again. Then he would start again many times in a single day. This is what Rabbi Nachman would go through many times in the span of a single day. And the key here is, of course, not that he fell, which all of us do and so there's something so encouraging about Rabbi Nachman's humanity that he didn't feel the need to pretend that he was always perfect again on his level it's hard to know exactly right <laughs> from our perspective perhaps this was itself perfection maybe his nefila would be a very high madriga for us but Al Kapanim, as a young child, we it's it's not absurd to say that Rabbi Nachman struggled with things, things that you and I can relate to. He battled and he worked, but the encouraging point beyond the fact that he was no fell is that he was able to start again and again and again. Rabbi Nachman would tell this over often that he started again and again and again each day. Each time he would begin to serve Hashem anew. And here Abnasan says, and of course it's based on Rabbi Nachman's teaching, perhaps Rabbi Nachman's own words. Says Rabbi Nachman, this is a very, very important rule in our Avodas Hashem. Not to allow yourself to fall. And this goes back into the conversation that we spoke about and, and we made reference to earlier in this year between Atzvus and Shivron Lev. To feel broken, sure. To feel hopeless and to fall into despair, never. Never. And this is this very strong, strong teaching not to allow oneself to become completely discouraged. Because we're struggling with a certain kind of Avoida practice that we're trying to do in holiness, a bit or from davening or a person who really sins terribly, whatever that sin is, on whatever level we can fix, we can fix, we can fix, we can fix. Strengthen yourself with whatever you possibly can. And start fresh. Just like you're starting now. No matter what other people say, and no matter what you've done, you'll fix what you need to fix. Start fresh from now, from now. And even if this happens many times, this is not a one-time thing. This is something that we're going to need to hold on to as we march along the narrow bridge of life again and again in all different kinds of ways. In the language of the lost princess, to those who have the story of our lives, we refer to this as the desert's fields, far as desert. Field, forest, desert, field, forest, and so on and so forth. And it's a never-ending process of ascension, but there are going to be times of numbness. There will be. And that's lichat chila, that's built into the nature of humanity. If we can achieve perfection, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will just say, okay, on the whole world, we have enough angels in the world already. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants humans, and it's unfortunate reality, but human beings are going to fail. And we need to learn how to forge a theology that accommodates 
for failure, that accommodates for those moments where we don't feel it, and, 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 that, and that teaches us that that itself is an Isayun. Not just an Isayun, like we speak about in the book at length, not just an Isayun whether to sin or not to sin, but after we fall, after we fail, despite our best efforts, the new Nisayo now is, do I give into the venom of the snake? Because that's what kills me. And that's the hopelessness and that's the despair. Or do I cut my losses and, and walk away with, you know, four points of, 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 of the snake bite in my arm, but I avoided the venom because I, 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 I was hurt from the bite but I didn't allow the venom to kill me and I can continue to walk and I can continue to be more Zahir and next time I can set up more Gedarim and next time I can try to learn from my mistakes. V'chule, v'chule. That's a very, very important perspective. So a person needs to realize each time start fresh. No matter how many times we go through this process, don't give up. Al Rabbi Nachman says, without this, it is impossible to truly be an Ishkasher. Could be you'll get to a point in your life where the Yitzhahar isn't as strong as it used to be and you're still hanging out and you'll go through the motions of Avodah Sashem, it'll be nice. But it won't be an Ishkasher Mamish. It will be lacking the vitality, the vibrancy, the hope, the youthfulness, which we're going to speak a lot about now. The princess of youth. The MS will discard Hashem is Baruch BeMS and to truly come close to Hashem. All the while that a person has not yet forged a bond with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and with Yiddishkeit, that makes it clear to him or her that no matter what is going to happen to me in my life and things will happen. That even if I have the worst Yerida in the world, and even if I sink into things, and even no matter what, all the while that we don't make this firm commitment to get in touch with Yiddishkeit, not as some peripheral element in our lives, but as the bedrock foundation of our identity, which we speak about all the time, our mission, this is who I am, not what I do. All the while that we don't make this commitment, and that this commitment isn't vibrant, isn't pulsating at the course of our being. That no matter what happens to me, I will not give up. And I will constantly yearn and long, and constantly cry out to Hashem from where I am and reach out to Him. And continue doing what I can do. With joy, no matter what. All the while that a Jew has not yet attained this level of commitment, this level of certainty, it means that even if we're in a Shas Aliyah, if we haven't already built the foundation so that if we were to fall into a Shas Yerida, and I bless us to say in times of Aliyah, but if we were to fall, it wouldn't touch us. It wouldn't touch us. And we'd wipe ourselves off and we'd keep on going. Even the aliyah means it's weak. It means it's weak. Because we're still at risk of falling out of that experience and then everything crumbles. So that means at the time of aliyah, we have to still keep in mind, we're trying to lay the groundwork, not just for now, but for always. Then the aliyah is an aliyah 
and the urethra won't be devastating, and you're able to get back up instead of it becoming a whole drama. And it's a small thing, okay, we get back up, gotta work on that, okay, better luck next time. And then afterward, in Shasav Aliyah, we're able to do real tshuva over it and break our hearts and so on and so forth. Don't allow yourself to be killed by the venom. Take the bite from the snake, keep on marching. Keep on marching. That becomes the Nisayon post-sin. What to do now? What to do now? And a person needs to go ahead and literally completely devote his or herself to this to the point that I'm okay serving Hashem without any Olam Haba. Olam Haba should not be on our minds at all. Certainly not in the more advanced stages. Certainly not to the Yid that's connected to Rabbi Nachman. Olam Haba, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Doesn't come into our minds. That's not why we're serving Hashem. We're Avadim, we're Batal, we're on a mission. And Kir Vasalikim is itself Litoiv. I have enough Olam Haba in this world to last me many Olam Habas, right? That's, that's, that should be the level that we're on. And so a Jew should get to a place where even if I lose all my Halam Haba, big deal. Because sometimes it will appear to you and me and you and I are certainly very aware of this kind of feeling. Sometimes we feel so far that, that we're not even sure we're going to have Olam Haba. Like we don't know. Sometimes we can feel that feeling. We have to be ready and committed to Avodah Hashem to say that it was never about Olam Haba and Rebbe Shalom, take everything away from me. All I want is you. And I know that in the context of Avodah Hashem, I have you, whether you like it or not. And of course he loves it. But that's the Ikr. And so, okay, the checks and the X's and the balance and the scale... Leave that, that's his cheshben. He'll give you alam haba, he'll give you what you want, what, what he wants to give you, but that's not why we're doing this. It's much deeper. It's a relationship we're building, not simply the relationship between a person who has a couple of quarters and wants a chocolate bar from a vending machine. Our relationship with Hashem is not a relationship between a vendor and, you know, or between a person who's coming to buy and a vending machine. A relationship with a Kodesh Baruch who is a, is a father and, a, and, a, and, a, and an only son, is a spouse, is a best friend. It's something far deeper. And so we say, okay, Fine, I won't get the car at my 18th birthday because this and this, because, but, but, but let me stay at home. Let me, let, me, let me stay connected with you because I only ever wanted you. I only ever wanted you. Even if it appears to a person that you're going to hell, a person's going to have Gehenna. Makes no sense. Make, it, it, I'm sorry, it makes no difference. There's no Indian of saying, oh my goodness, I sinned to this extent and I messed up to this extent. The only way out is a bullet in the head, Rahman al-Islam. Whoever thought of such a thing? Where's an Indian like that? To an Oyvan Hashem Amiti, where's an Indian like that? No matter what has gone on in your life, to whatever extent possible, even the extent that, 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 that was manifest in the life of the person that I, that, I, that I just made reference to, which all of us know without getting into it now, it's a new week and moving onward, right? Where does, where does it come in Indian like that? Avodah Hashem stays. You have a chiv fill in the next morning. You're a yid is a yid is a yid is a yid. You feel like garbage. You have garbage to fix up. Tshuva's possible. Fixing up between people is a little bit harder. You keep on going. You keep on going. You're an oivid. No matter what. You're going to go to Gehenna? Okay. 
That's, you weren't serving Hashem because you weren't going to Gehenna. That is two, those two things are completely separate one from the other. Maybe it's a little bit of an incentive and, and it's a little bit of you know, an incentive for Olam Haba, Olam Haba, Gehenna. It's very beautiful. It's very nice. But a Jew that's plugged into the MS, no matter what's going on in our life, and no matter how much the demon inside manifests and drags us down into the depth, this does nothing, nothing at all to impact the integrity of our mission to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Am Yisrael, to keep on living irrespective of how this world and the relationship with this world is going. Because we're here for there. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us here. And He wants us to draw the there into the here and now. If you have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you hold on to Him. Whatever you can still do. Shabbos candles. Shabbos. Let, let our Kodesh Baruch Hu's cheshben be his cheshben. He'll take care of it. But we need to do ours. And to start again, to start fresh, to start fresh, to start fresh. Renewal his chachos. No matter what's gone on in your life, start fresh from now. Famous story, it's brought on the Degel, it's brought on another Tzadikim also. A story about the Baal Shem Tav on the boat. It was a famous story on his way to Yisrael around Pesach time. And he became completely discouraged. The whole story over there. Can you imagine? The Baal Shem Tav thought that he wasn't going to have Adam Haba and became discouraged. And he had nothing to encourage him. He was at the end, at the end, and he felt that he lost everything. And then he stood up and he announced, It's fine. I will continue to love a Kaddish Baruch who continue to serve him even without Olam Haba because it was never about Olam Haba. The only way to make it in the end, even if the end, and certainly for all of us it's going to be much more than this, even if the end is one day, you spend 119 years and 364 days going through this process, starting fresh, grabbing what you can, vitality, I'm not giving up, I'm not letting myself fall into despair, and then the last day you get there, it's all worth it. Of course it's all worth it, it's not even a question. And not only is it all worth it because after ah, that one day you get there. No. The whole entire thing was Kaddish Vitar Me'aschala Mitchilav Arasoif because Rahman Aliba boy. And if your heart is real and we're putting in the effort and we're sacrificing what we need to sacrifice and we're really attempting to give ourselves over in such a way to make ourselves transparent to our source, to the mission, Gilik Foydis Barach, the whole thing is the golden mountain, like we speak about at the end of the Lost Prince. The whole thing is gold. From beginning to end. Amen. Says Rabbi Nachman, stay in the game. You never know when the darkness stops. Darkness has an end. You never know when that end is going to arrive. And who knows? The moment that a Jew gives up, maybe the moment that a Jew really gives up, is always one moment before the sun was about to rise. Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. But we have to trust the tzaddik. Stay in the game. 
Let's start this piece from Likutei Halachas. It's pretty lengthy. We are not going to have the time to get through the whole thing, but we'll do what we can. And then Be'ez Hashem next week, we're still, there's a lot to focus on in this piece. There are a couple of other teachings from Likutei Halachas I want to get to, but we'll start this teaching for tonight. And then Be'ez Hashem next week, we'll pick up with this Tyra and we'll, we'll, we'll explore some other related ideas throughout the corpus of Kitzvei Breslin <laughs> as well, all B'Seyat Adishmaya, with the help of the Master of the World. This might be one of, it's hard to say, but it might be one of the most foundational pieces in, in Likutei Halachas, this piece. If we have this piece down, and it's not just enough to learn it once, remember? We have to review it again and again and again. If we review this all the time and espod to the Chaveirim with others, we're good. And he says, Kizek Klal Gadol, this is a very powerful and important rule. A person has to start every time fresh, anew, like Rabbi Nuzal warned us and guided us. Countless, countless times. And which is found in his holy works in many places, chief of which is in Sicha Saran Mem Ches, like we're learning. I'm sorry, as it's brought down in Chaim Oharan, which is Renachman's biography, in addition to a great conglomeration of visions and stories and teachings and experiences. It's an unbelievable work. It's been translated into English as Tzadik by the Breslov Research Institute. Extremely, extremely highly encouraged, the book Tzadik. But as it's brought in the story of Rabbi Nachman's own life, <laughs> that Rabbi Nachman himself achieved and merited what he merited only <laughs> because he started fresh. He did not allow himself to become discouraged no matter what he went through and no matter what he experienced. Like we learned, even in the span of one day, he would start not just once fresh every new day, but many, many times a day he would start fresh, which we just did. What does it mean that a person should remind himself these things that were commanded upon Am Yisrael Hayoyim today say Chazal bechol yoyim v'yoyim you be'enecha kichadashim. Let them be new in your eyes every day, fresh. That we shouldn't become trapped in 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 episatog syndrome, right? From 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 chapter three from the story of our lives. Not to be trapped, not just with regard to relationships with the world, certainly, <coughs> but in avodas Hashem. Every day, and it's written, Today we became Jews. Today. Same thing. Every day, it should be clear and it should be considered in our eyes. Today you're starting with Hashem anew. Today you're making a new covenant with Him. If a person looks upon his or herself well, a person will realize that all the confusions and all the nefilas, and all the descents and all the difficulties and all the discouragement that we come, so much of it comes because of our thinking and obsessing over what was yesterday, meaning the past, or anxiety about the future, or even in the moment. 
to make sure that we have what we think we need for later that day. The world is old. We live in an old world. Jewish science, right, meaning to say the Kabbalah that we've achieved and that we've received tells us that the world is far younger than what the world would like us to believe, billions and billions of years old. And we have a Munapshuta and Tahira that whatever they're able to find with their carbon dating, that's certainly true. But somehow we can incorporate it into the, narr- into the creation narrative and speed up time and so on and so forth. I wouldn't be the first one to suggest such a thing. Actually, I believe there was Shimon Schwab. He has a beautiful, beautiful, incredible essay about this and some very radical approaches actually. And a safer that I cannot remember right now. It's in English. It was translated into English. I can try to find it. Um, I believe it was Roshim Schwab, but Al-Kopanim, there's something to that, that we consider the world to be much younger than the world, than the secular world, who believes that the world has been around for billions of years, because Am Yisrael is a nation of youth. Am Yisrael is a nation of youthfulness, and he says the world is a bunch of fogies, old fogies. The world is a world of Zikanim, when they consider themselves old, ancient. In what sense? Not that they're old, meaning old men and old women, and I bless us all to be old. That's a blessing to grow old, right? Like my mother once had, I think on her fridge, a thing, I, I don't regret uh, growing older, or I'm not discouraged by growing older. It's a privilege denied to many, right? It's a privilege to grow old, but we can be old physically and be absolutely younger than some teenagers today, right, who feel as if they're 90 years old when they tried to get out of bed in the morning. We could be young. We could be fresh. We could be filled with vitality. We could have fire in our eyes, dancing eyes. But he says, And they think, they're already trapped in their ways. And this is the way that we've been for the rest of our whole life. This is just who I am. I heard that expression. This is just who I am. There's no such concept like this. It's just who you are. No. You're a shiny chilek alikami mal. And if there's something that's negative in terms of the way that you're manifesting that spark, this is not just who you are. Then you can fix and you can change habits. You can change the way in which you are. And I hope that I can change some of the ways that I am. Not to be old. Not to be old. And because this person sees, well, look at, look at it. However old we are, whatever it is, in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, however old we think we are, but we look back and we say, whoa, I'm so distant. So many people just give up. From coming close to Hashem. And that's what I said earlier. You'll get there in the end. But whatever you're still doing, it's the spark died decades ago. And so whatever it is, it's like spiritual behaviorism, religious behaviorism. It's by rote. It's robotic. It's not with the heart and soul that a Kodesh Baruch who wants that we should engage in Yiddishkeit with that passion and with that spirit, that vitality. It's without that. And all the mitzvahs are done without frishkeit, without freshness, renewal, life. This is because the, the old age that crept up upon them and that, and that leaped upon them. 
because they look upon themselves as old men. And you find young children that have this perspective because they were never prepared properly with the perspective of Panemius. That was a bunch of peas. They were never prepared properly with the perspective of Panemius to go ahead and to know that life is going to happen, right? And that we need to go ahead and, and, and be prepared for the natural trajectory of living. And instead, we cast upon them these phenomenally lofty idealistic goals and then they feel completely in shambles or they're not able to achieve them because they're completely unrealistic. And that's not the way that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to live. We need chizik and we need tzaddikim that spoke very, very clearly, that spoke very clearly and with great clarity about what life is and what we should expect. But they give up on themselves. They say, no, I'm stuck. I can't. I can't and I'll never be able to. And this is tremendously detrimental. warned us. said, we're going to learn this very soon coming up. My favorite piece in Sikhs around Nun Aleph. We're going to get to Ezra Hashem soon. Probably need a couple of weeks on that one because that's like the heart of Sikhs around. In my tiny opinion, I really think that it's like Mamash, the core of the Sefer. Rabbi Nachman over there says, Asr liya zakin. It's forbidden to be old. The tzaddik says it's Asr. It's forbidden to be old. Hein chasid zakin, hein tzaddik zakin. Makes no difference if you're a big tzaddik, but you're old, or a big chasid, but you're old. Ki loimi boi mi shita'a midarech hayasha. There's a lot of spelling mistakes here. Mi shita'a midarech hayasha, the gamri. Boi shemasha, oyserech one of the slan. Loimi boi a person that's a wicked person, not a wicked person, a person who's engaged in lowly behaviors, a person that's far away from the Derech HaYashar. Each and every one of us in our own lives that we feel trapped by certain behaviors and feel as if this is just the way I am. And it's been this way for decades and this is just... Such a person certainly, it damages that person, this Zikna, this old age kite, right? This feeling of being old. And such a person can go completely li'ibud. A little bit of a timely word. Li'ibud means he can go to waste, but it also means li'ibud, right? Suicide. Legamri. If he doesn't find within himself the ability to renew to start again. No matter what, you can start fresh the next day. Renew. He says, even big people, even people that are good, that are growing, even very lofty tzaddikim, even if they're holding on very lofty levels. But if they accomplish those avoidas with this feeling of just this is this is who I am, the Kedusha, this is what I do, this is my regular day. That's also not good. And with this we'll end. How does Shlomo Amalek refer to the Yetzar Hara as the Melech Zakin Uksil, as the old and foolish 
king. And he's foolish because, again, he doesn't understand this Nikud of Hevel, Havalam, I call Hevel. And it tries to distract us from the truth and the true Seichel and the true Moach and Das of really understanding what this world is all about. He's called the Melech Ksil, that he's called the Melech Zakin. Because his whole Indian is to make us feel old. And his whole Indian is to make us feel trapped. This is how you are, I'm to feel infirm and weak and without any chiyas and not able to start fresh like we were born again. We don't have that ability because we're zakenim, zakenim mamish. How do you counteract this? Ashas spoke to this every day. Set us straight. Reflect on these truths. Hold on to the hand of the tzaddik. That the tzaddik is guiding us in a way of, of das. The tzaddik guides us in a way of das yashar, mamish das. It's a point of, of shining luminescence in, a, in an endless ocean of darkness is the das and the moach of the tzaddik. Nothing fancy, no frills, no big academic paper, but it's common sense that's so uncommon today. That's Rabbi Nachman. I bless us to hold on to this tzaddik, continue learning his teachings together. It's a privilege to learn this with you. And like we always end, I bless you and I to be able to put this into practice. Mamish, utilize this tool of espoidados. Remind ourselves all the time, all the time, what life is mamish about. And then follow the lead of Rabbi Nachman. Follow his lead. He said, What do you have to worry? He said right before he left this world. I'm walking before you. You have nothing to worry about. And that means to say that Rabbi Nachman paved the path. And we can walk you know, like a little child in his father's footsteps in the snow. We can, we can walk this well-trodden path of Avodah Hashem, of starting fresh, of allowing the snake to bite sometimes because that's what it is to be human, but not allowing the venom to drag us down into the pit of despair. Ashrenu. Mamish Ashrenu. We'll continue this piece from the, from Ramnasan Bezer Hashem next week. And then we'll we'll also explore some other teachings that will also broaden our understanding of this very, very fundamental concept. Bisiyatadashmai with the help of the Master of the World. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining all the Khevra. Mamish, what a privilege to learn with you. Have a great rest of the week, Bezer Hashem, Thursday night. Bisiyatadashmaya for for the Tash series. Ashrenu Chavra, thank you, thank you for joining. Thank you so much, Yaakov. So good to see your face. Thank you so much for joining, Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Shimon, all the Chavra. Shua, thank you so much for joining. Cult of Chavra.